Hey, what's up, Blazer fans? Welcome to We Have a Take the What podcast. I am Tara Bowen Biggs, and today I am joined by Rose L. Harding. You know her on Twitter as at Rose L. Harding, and I know her as a friend and a fellow Blazer fan, and I am so excited. We have important things to talk about today. Rose, welcome. Thanks for having me. Well, we have a very specific job ahead of us today, and that is we need to review and think about what what awards we are going to offer this season. Last season was the inaugural year of the We Have a Take Awards. We have a Take 2022. We had Assistant Coach of the Year, Most Valuable Pet Winner of the Year, Bench Celebrator Man of the Year, Most Improved Fits of the Year. And today our goal is to figure out what we're going to do this season. But first, before we get started, we always start with an icebreaker. Super easy this time. What are you wearing on opening night? Okay, so I am superstitious. I wear the same thing on opening night every year. And it is a, it is like, I think it's one of the free t-shirts that we got, like, I don't know, like seven or eight years ago at a game. And every time that I've worn it, we win. So... It's like, I don't know, it's like a red, I don't I don't even know how to describe it. It's just like a red free t-shirt that we got that's designed, however, by whatever company that sponsored it. I don't even know, but I wear it every time. And, you know, we had that really good opening night streak for yeah. like a long, long time. And then we had one opening, I think was it three seasons ago that we lost on opening night and I didn't wear it. Okay. And so now I'm like, nope, we're back to that shirt every time now until but- like the magic wears off. Okay. So well, that, um, that seems good. Are you, um, and, uh, that's for like game one, right? Not like opening at the Moda, right? Yeah. Game, game one. one. Okay. So I asked this, um, question very selfishly because I need help <laughs> deciding what I'm going to wear. Cause I am going to the game in Sacramento on opening night. I'm so excited my husband and i are gonna drive down we're having like a little mini road trip and we were like sure let's go to sacramento part of the reason i chose that game is because i know they lost on opening night to sacramento last year and i was like there is no way the blazers are gonna let themselves lose to the kings on opening night so i was feeling like it was a pretty like automatic win i'm i'm still hopeful (laughs) let's just say so this is gonna wear this is an outfit, not just for opening night, but it's like a road outfit too. Like this is yes. how people are going to see you yes. as a Blazer and, fan. Yeah. And now let me tell you, I'm not like allow, I, I, I don't like to attract a lot of attention. So like we have to pick something that's like a little more subtle, a little more like, I would rather have a head nod than a like, oh my God, look at that Blazer fan over there. I'd rather have a like, oh, respect. Mm, okay. So like black instead of like red. Mm-hmm. Probably. Mm-hmm. What about your what about your Bosnian beast shirt? <laughs> Which one? I have so many. <laughs> uh, the trailblazing one? So I'm kind of going back and forth between whether or not I want to wear a uh a a a player specific one. Like my heart is telling me Nurkic needs all the support right now that we can possibly muster. And so I do I have that great one where he looks like he's like coming out of like a um like a wall, like he's busting through a wall. And I could totally wear that one. Um that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. But it's like opening night and I feel like I should be sort of like whole team 
recognize and i have this nice i have this black shirt and it has the pinwheel on it but it's in like all the rainbow colors that i got like on pride night a couple years ago and it's really pretty it's kind of subtle also it's going to be like 90 degrees in sacramento so i have to wear like something not heavy and those those Nurkic t-shirts are a little bit heavier and this one has a, like a little bit lighter fabric okay i think that would be a nice one i would also like be um good for i would say like team in inclusiveness especially because this is like a whole i don't think it's like a brand new team but it's a, there's a lot of new faces on this team i mean Nurk is obviously like an old hat at this point but um it kind of like honors like this new fresh start thing not just like here for Dame, here for Nurk, here for mm -hmm. oh, CJ, rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> Which CJ? Oh my God, we <laughs> lost two CJs. We are CJ-less. How did we go from two CJs to zero CJs? I know, it just happened fast. Life comes at you fast, doesn't it? It does. I vote for that shirt. I think that would be a nice shirt. Also, people would have to look and read to like really see what's happening on your shirt. Yeah. Um, but I also think in Sacramento, and this is just like based on my own personal experience, seeing the Blazers on the road, which admittedly is not very many times. I've seen them on the road maybe like three or four times. Some places are not used to seeing the opposing fans travel to their game. And I think that people will be more excited than anything to realize that you're a Blazers fan. <laughs> because like who the heck goes to Sacramento on vacation, a city that nobody wants to go to even when they live close, and watch their team play? Good They'll point. be excited to see you, I think. Even even though, like, you know, obviously, like, it's the rival of the night. Like, I do think that there's something, especially with teams that are not, like, the S-tier teams, mm -hmm. um, to see those to see those fans show up there to their arenas. Well, I'm super excited because so many people have commented, like, people who travel with the team regularly have commented that the Sacramento arena is a terrific arena. Um, and I'm looking forward to meeting multiple time guest Jill Adge there. Um, she's been on the podcast a bunch of times. She's like so smart and so knowledgeable. Uh, she helped us last season with the assistant coach of the year award discussion. And so I'm looking forward to meeting her. And then I'm also going to meet one of our longtime listeners. I'm so excited to meet uh, Hecubus. He, Hecubus has been a supporter since like day one. And so I'm planning a meetup so excited so if anybody else is listening and is in the sacramento area i would love to meet you it's gonna be so much fun and i'm gonna look great thanks to rose's um suggestions and i'm also okay I, should i wear my air force ones they're white but not as white as like real sneaker people would probably like so i have these white air force ones and then i also have these purple air force ones which are super cute and suede what do you think well, here's the thing about what, what color purple are we talking about? They're like, um, kind of like fuchsia, like sort of dark fuchsia. So they're not like red, but they're not not red. Okay. They go with the rainbow, actually. Okay. So they're not like Sacramento Kings purple. No, 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 no. Good question. No, they are definitely not that kind of purple. Um, I would probably go with the fuchsia ones, but that's me. I I don't feel like beholden to being like as like on color with my team as uh, you know some people do when they when they go to the basketball games i think that like um making it match with your rainbow shirt would be like kind of a cool look and also like i mean quite frankly 
if it were me, I'd be like, just wear the ones that feel most comfortable. I feel right. <laughs> the shoes. The only sneakerheads are going to be looking at your shoes. And if you're not going to impress any of them, like who cares? Yeah, I know. I've already disappointed one person on Twitter with the condition of my white Air Force ones. So might as well just not even. I mean, I bought them during the pandemic and I never expected them to wear out, wear them outside. Right. And I kind of like if you have them, wear them. I'm not a like buy something to like sit there and look at them, you know, like blazer glasses. I always use my blazer glasses every time I get a hold of them, like whether or not it's like, you know, the ones that I got when we attended games and they handed out glasses or you got them from Dairy Queen or I find them at Goodwill. I always use them because I just I don't want them to just sit there, not use. I, I feel like using them somehow oddly helps the team. I don't know how or why, but I feel like it helps. <laughs> I think that well-worn like team gear is good juju for okay. whatever that is. I think that like, you know, wearing, wearing your blazer clothes, wearing your sneakers, wearing, like using your glasses. Like, I think that's all good juju because that is like, that is like a, a team you've been with through it with and you don't need them to be perfect. You just need them to be with you. Well, um, I think my husband's probably going to wear his Wesley Matthews jersey, so he'll clearly be like, you know, a Blazer fan. So um, I think it'll be a good combination. Oh, I forgot about Wes. That he loves his that. Wesley Matthews jersey. Isn't he in Sacramento, right? <laughs> I don't. Is he is he with anybody anymore? I don't know where Wesley is right now. Or no, maybe he's with the Bucks. He was with the Bucks. Uh, you know what? I think I think Mo Harkless was with Sacramento back with Sacramento for a minute. Mo Mo Harkless did did the did the suitcase run around for a mm -hmm. while this off season where he was somewhere and then he was somewhere else and he was somewhere else and I think he's cut now. Mm -hmm. And I think I think Sacramento might have been part of that journey. So here's something that I really just started thinking about super recently with regards to the new players on the team. You know how all those years that we had Neil Olshay and he'd get new players and they would always be like, this player's been hiding on the bench and he's going to come to Portland and like do all kinds of great things. And a couple of times that played out, you know, like Mo Harkless got to actually play. Al Farouk Aminu got like really got a chance to run. They were sort of the exceptions uh, to to that rule. And one of the things that I realized about all the, the new, new and new-ish players the Blazers have now, they actually like played established roles on multiple teams and so like in terms of like what we saw in the preseason and kind of freaking out about that i'm realizing that some of these new veterans to the team i like have a lot more confidence in them being able to figure it out just given their experience yeah i i think i agree with you um i i always the thing about like the, you know the, the neil olshay area where he was always trying to find like I don't know. Like he the was diamond in the rough. Yeah, he was like thrifting. He was like thrifting NBA teams for like players that were under or misutilized. Um, and sometimes you're like, sometimes it's it's there for a reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's there for a reason. And it, I mean, I, I kind of like this this thing where these guys already know who they are. And mm -hmm. we don't, we're not going to be like tempted to try to turn them into something that they're not. Or at least I hope we're not going to be tempted into trying to turn them into something that they're not but like at least we know who they are we know how they can be successful and we can hopefully replicate that here because you know it, it they have their edges they know exactly what shape they are they know exactly where they fit and we're not trying to like make them an amorphous player and we're like trying to make them do more than they're supposed to do like i feel like we kind of did that with alfred Camus. we did that with mo like we tried to turn them into something that they weren't and hmm. 
you know, in, in the case of like Mo, like Mo hadn't really defined his role yet and he became a better player here, which is nice, but we were still trying to make him fit as a piece that he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope at least that with these other players, like the Jeremy Grants, the Justice Winslows, like those guys, we have a good idea of what their shape is and like, maybe we can mold them a little bit, but in general, we know what, where they should fit into the team. Totally. And you know, the op sort of the, not the opposite end of the spectrum, but like the, the end of the story also was like, after they would move on, they wouldn't do a lot. So I remember like over the summer when they were listing, you know, free agents still available, like how many were ex blazers <laughs> they would be. Cause like when it was just like, it was like, I remember one time reading like Ennis Freedom, Hassan Whiteside, Carmelo Anthony, and it just like went down this whole list of former Blazers who were still available. Oddly, they didn't list Ben McElmore, but that's a whole nother story. But it just, it kind of goes to like guys would come here, they'd sort of be kind of like crammed into a role and then, you know, maybe be successful at it. You know, kudos to them for like, you know, for like mo for like figuring it out or whatever but then they'd go on somewhere else and they wouldn't really be able to like replicate that not all of them i mean there's exceptions gary trent you know is obviously doing well go all the way back to like will barton will barton is still will barton and he's will bartoning out wherever he goes <laughs> but washington, some of those i think he's in washington dc now yeah yeah but some of those other ones that were like oof <laughs> that were picked up yeah, there are there are definitely players that I kind of forget were Blazers because like here they didn't they weren't like exceptional and then afterward they were nothing mm-hmm. and they're just gone from the league. You know, I I can't even think about how many Blazers are like that to be honest. And like also where like the Blazers were their last or like next to last team. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of players like that out there. But then you think about like. The Robin Lopez's of the world. And Robin Lopez is still fitting his role wherever he goes. And the role has shrunk over time, but he's still there. He's still out there doing his thing with mm-hmm. his wild hair. And I think he still lives here in the off season. Yeah, um, I was thinking it would be nice to have him come back. Um, just again, just like knowing exactly what he does and, and how he fits in. Um, but well, let's talk about the, have you had a chance to watch many of the preseason games? I know they've been really hard for people to find, um, but has anything stood out to you in what you've seen this preseason? Uh, so two things stood out to me. I've seen two, two, two of the games, I think, um, but they are, they were weirdly hard to find. Like mm-hmm. one of them wasn't even on TV. One of them was just on the radio. And I was like, what is this? Um, two things stood out to me. One, I feel like there was a moment in before Jeremy Grant ever put on a blazer uniform where he was both overrated and underrated (laughs) where everybody thought he was the solution to everything. And then there was also a bunch of people that were like, he's going to be terrible. You over, I don't know, committed to getting him. Um, And I think that he is both like something that Portland has needed, but also not like a Swiss army knife fix to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really like, I really think that he more fits that archetype that we've been trying to turn a lot of players into in Portland. Um, he's very athletic. He has like good court vision. He also takes care of the ball better, I think, than some of the guys that we try to fit into those roles. Remember like the chaos of the Alpha Rukamini, like fast break? You know, this chaos. <sighs> My favorite. <laughs> you you know, I love sh- chaos. You just weren't sure what was going to happen. Oh yeah. It was a gamble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, like, I feel like Jeremy Grant is in command of that aspect of his game in a way that, like, 
those types of players that we've tried to turn up like like bench guys into um like i i just think that that's a good he's a good fit in that way and like a better fit than some of those guys we've tried to bring into that role mm -hmm. he also feels very like he feels familiar to me which is weird because he has a different game in some ways than some of the guys that we've had on this team but like he feels familiar to me and i feel like it will only get better as he like plays with this team more like i feel like he could actually have really great chemistry with dane Mm -hmm. um they, i guess they played on the olympic team together so they probably have already had some like time together but like you know learning to play with dane learning to play with with uh nurk learning to play with um ant i guess like i just think that he might be end up having a like a an expected but high higher ceiling than maybe some some of the, like the naysayer fans mm -hmm. um thought of him yeah when he came uh, as soon as he's like as soon as he played i was and i saw him like i was like oh okay i get it because mm -hmm. yeah a lot a lot of people I, I heard more people who were enthusiastic about him and people who are like willing to give up the seventh pick for him and i was i think once the blazers didn't have to give up that pick for him i think expectations settled down a little bit more um but yeah he stepped out on the court and i was like oh i get it i see i see now also like aside He's like a fashion king. Oh my goodness. We are going to talk about him in a minute <laughs> when it comes <laughs> to that. Um, so the other, they want to say the other thing that stood out to me about the Blazers, just kind of as a whole, we are way more athletic than we were in previous years. Like there's way more athleticism on this team. And I know that we've always kind of talked about like, oh, Mo is the most athletic player at this time. And, but like, whenever we've been talking about who the most athletic player was on the Blazers, it was always like one guy at the top and then a huge gap. And then a bunch of players who are like, replacement level athletic and then a rookie <laughs> yeah yeah but now we're like we have a very athletic team we have which i think like you know creates this like this uh question in my head of like how high of a ceiling can we make that athleticism like really like 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 strive for um because you know athleticism isn't necessarily polished mm -hmm. um but i do like how exciting and athletic they look and i was really excited to see we might be back in a in a lob type situation which the blazers have decided that we just opt out of most seasons like i'm here for the lobs i'm here for the fast breaks i'm here to do these athletic things that we hadn't really been doing a whole lot in like the last however many seasons four or five seasons or whatever um so i'm excited to see the athleticism like bloom into something that's fun at least from your mouth to god's ears <laughs> that's please please i think it'll be i think it's exciting you know it's nice to just know that the potential is there right yeah for sure and also like athleticism is fun like even if you're not winning like i don't want to go through one of the you know those teams that are like oh like they're like they're like an average team but they're all about defense i'm like ooh, boring <laughs> <laughs> i know it's funny because um I, I think it's really i i absolutely believe people when they say Oh, I love defense, but it's also like, great. Good for you. I like watching people score. <laughs> you know, it's like, here's a, here's a gold star. Here's a brownie point for loving defense. <laughs> and, um, you know, I mean, that that's a little mean to people who like defense, but it, I, I guess when people say it, they always say it, like, it's going to be like some shocking thing. Like I love defense. Well, like, yeah, half the people love defense, half yeah. people love offense. Woo. Um, okay. Well, I feel like it's probably not half and half, but that's a story for another time. <laughs> really? Do you think more people like offense than defense? Yeah, because it's fun. Mm -hmm. 
And also, like, an 85-point win, yeah, you won with defense, but it probably wasn't as fun to watch. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, good point. I guess it's just when people say more people are more likely to like point out that they like defense than all of us offense lovers. We just kind of keep it quiet. <laughs> yeah, because people I think that the expectation is that you love offense because okay. like if you didn't love offense, like you should be watching a different sport, like go watch tennis or something. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I sometimes miss those major social cues. <laughs> okay, well, let's move on to our assignment for the day, which is to review and pick out which awards we want to give this year. Um, let's go. Um, okay, let's start with assistant coach of the year. That was last year. Our winner was Denisha Curry, who separated from the team this summer. We don't know anything about it so i guess okay do we want to continue to offer the assistant coach of the year award have we learned anything from the assistant coach of the year award do you have any thoughts on that my only thought is that i think that it's a, it's an award you, we might want to consider moving on from simply because the first winner is gone Mm-hmm. And I don't want that award to turn into a situation. Like, I don't think it's good for there to be turnover on your bench. Just in general, we don't want the team to be turning over assistant coaches constantly. Like I think about how, you know, some, some coaching staffs like stay pretty consistent when the head coach is the same. Um, but I don't want it to be like the new artist of the best new artist of the year Grammy situation mm-hmm. where like every year we just put a stamp on somebody's back and we're like, you're the winner. We'll see if you're here next year. Cause you know, like the, like the, what is it? The best new artists, the Grammys are like, they regularly just disappear. Oh, do they never win again? <laughs> I think that they like, I think that they regularly disappear. It's like a lot of people think of it as like the kiss of death. Okay. Um, And so I don't know. I think about maybe it's time to move on because we don't even know what happened to this person. It was, you know, they were there. She was there one year. She uh, was there in a year where they were taking and now she's gone and we don't even know why, which is like far more, like, I don't know, scary to me than like the people that have like the big blowout situation where everybody's tweeting about it and everybody knows and people are leaking it. I'm like, oh, it's probably something unremarkable, but also horrible to like, just straight lose your job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a weird one because like one thing I really liked about the award is it forced me to like read the bios and do research to find out who everybody was and jill who i mentioned from sacramento she is so good at like knowing and researching the uh the assistant coaches because poor sacramento has been through so many head coaching searches recently (laughs) that she's become sort of the expert on (laughs) on uh, nba assistant coaches so i really liked that aspect of it and i liked that it made me actually sort of try to pay attention to them when they were all sitting there in their boring matching polos, which is like, ugh, I can't stand that they all wear like boring, like matching athletic athleisure wear right now. I miss suits. I want suits. Back. I know I want the suits back and I'm sorry. Like, I know that's like asking a lot for all these players. Well, the other thing about coach Curry is that she was a sort of an easy person to choose because she was like really active on social media. So we actually knew what she was doing and the rest of the guys are kind of like a mystery. Although I think we ended up with, you know, sort of appreciating, you know, Scotty Brooks and uh, Steve Hetzel, of, you know, a little bit more because I was like looking for interesting things about that. So I liked the year because it forced me to learn more about the coaches, but also it has a little bit of a, like you said, like a little bit of like mm, to it. And I kind of wonder 
whether or not maybe we have to give it two years to find out see what happens to next year's winner and then if something bad happens next year's winner we're like done so i'm i'm just we don't have to decide that now but let's kind of consider that when we go our do our final decisions because there's also some new ones that i'm interested in possibly suggesting and we don't want to get too many we don't want to have too many awards mm -hmm. so i totally see where you're coming from on like maybe it's time to move on i think i think both of these are like these are both fair perspectives on this award uh, because you know one data point is not a trend and um you know it might just be a, a fluke in the first year mm -hmm. so i can see your argument for keeping it for another year and i also agree that i do like the idea of paying attention to talent that isn't just the head coach um, because like in previous Blazer seasons, I think we all were very aware of how impactful that bench was, unlike the Terry Stotts era, you know, like we, we all knew those guys like over the years, we, you know, we got to see them during like their, do their little like mid game interviews about how the team's doing and stuff. And we got to see their contributions, um, really closely. And with a new team, we don't really know their personalities yet. And I think paying attention is good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if it's a crowded field of awards, we don't want to like water down the awards by like giving out too many because then like everybody and their brother expects an award and we're not gonna we're not gonna be a you know all participants get a trophy thing yeah not that there's that's a whole separate thing okay <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna table assistant coach of the year um any other learnings from that one or should we move on to the next one most valuable pet i think we can move on okay so what were your thoughts on most valuable pet last year the reminder the winner was yusuf nurkic by a whisker I love saying that use of Nurkic's cats by a whisker. Hey, um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on how that award went last season and well, how I it might play out this year? I loved that award last season. I still am here. I'm I'm a Fiona Stan. I'm still here for CJ's dog, um, but that's okay. She wins in my heart. I'm devastated though when I look at this new team of how few pets there are. Mm -hmm. There's like I don't even like what kind of competition can there be if there's no if there, if there's no, like I don't even do any of the new people that arrived here even have pets. I guess when you get younger though, you get younger people. They just don't have as many pets because they're like, I'm a kid still. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't even know where I'm gonna be in a year. Like I get traded a lot. Like I don't have a family yet. I don't have pets. But so I don't know. Like we have Nurks cats still. I mean, do we even have any dogs now? I don't think we do. I don't. I, at one time, Josh Hart had a dog, but I am not sure. Like that was like years ago. I through internet sleuthing, I found out that years ago, Josh Hart had a dog. He may still have a dog, but he's not, you know, actively sharing about his dog. I think his brother has a dog. And so like when you see, or no, Justice's, Justice Winslow's brother, I think has a dog because sometimes you see Justice Winslow's little boy who's like just the cutest little guy you've ever seen in your life. You'll see him with a dog, but I think that's his uncle's dog. And uh, I don't I don't know. So I actually, um, I did a little bit of investigative journalism um, because I attended a uh, my very first ever season ticket holder event. I'm a season ticket holder this year. So the, for the first time ever, I actually get season ticket holder perks. Um, so I went to a Q&A session with Shaden Sharp and um, Jabari Walker. And so I asked the hard hitting questions do either of you have pets and did you bring them to Portland with you thinking like maybe they had family pets right neither of them have a pet both are considering getting a dog <laughs> and Shaden Sharp is considering getting a Doberman and um 
Jabari Walker is considering either a Doberman or a Labradoodle. <laughs> and everybody was like, wow, those are really different. <laughs> the duality there. I love it. So they're both clearly dog lovers and appreciators. Um, I mean, and I understand that, like, especially when you're like a kid who just got, you know, um, uh, who just got into the NBA and just sort of like the, all the uncertainty, but often you like live with somebody and wouldn't it be nice to have a companion to come to home to? I think Keon Johnson may have a dog. Keon Johnson may have a dog because I believe he was the one whose trainer had done some like videos about training his dog. Mm. But otherwise, yeah, I just, and then the, we had the problem last year that in the middle of the year, half three quarters of the slate got traded. Yeah. So here's, here's the thing that I will say about this award. Even if we can decipher who has pets, if they are not players who are going to update us about their pets on social, this will still be a very hard award to give. Mm -hmm. Because then we're going to be like grasping at straws. Like, we think so-and-so's got a dog. We don't know its name. We don't know anything about it. I'm like, well, how can that be the most valuable dog? We know nothing about it. Mm -hmm. So like, as much as I hate to say it, I don't know if this award is doable this year. Yeah. We just don't have that many pets. And I'm like, some of these guys, I feel like I'm like, shocked they don't have pets. I'm like, Dame, you have three children. Where is your dog? Like, I feel like you just get a dog for free once you have your second child because yeah. you need it. <laughs> they just hand you one. <laughs> Basically, yeah. But I I just don't think that we want to, like, be in the business of digging through social mm -hmm. for, like, personal stories about people's pets if it's not going to be, like, immediately presented to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of I kind of lean that way with you. And you know what, I think we could always hold aside like an achievement achievement award for a pet if a pet comes out and turns out to like have an amazing year and we didn't even know about it or whatever. You know, what? let's let's go ahead and like give a special achievement award. But I, I think you're right. I think it's just too hard and requires too much like digging. You know, if they were if they were freely sharing information about their pets, great. But um, I think this year that 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 award might might go by the wayside it can be like the commissioner like the, what is it like the commissioner's award in major league <laughs> baseball where like they don't give it every year he, mm -hmm. the commissioner just decides to give it whenever he feels like it's suitable for the occasion it can be like that but for pets i like it yeah okay here's one where this one is a little bit distressing to talk about bench celebrator man of the year our two, 2022 winner was greg brown and um I was completely prepared to go along with this, obviously, as a second year award because it was fun. It made us watch the bench, gave us something to do when they were tanking, blah, 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 blah. And the NBA decides to come out with a point of emphasis this year on bench activities. At, you're shaking your head. I mean, like, where do we even start to address this? What has happened? Well, I don't know what's happened. I mean, I kind of know why this happened, but I'm not happy about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I guess for people who might not have been following along, um, the the NBA has announced that they're going to be making a point of emphasis on uh, bench activities this year, which were due to um, a guy on the Mavericks who's named Theo Pinson. And so they're calling it the Theo Pinson rule, who... Um, Last year, the Mavericks during the playoffs got fined like almost like $200,000 for all of their bench antics. Like, you know, um, and the biggest problem was distracting the game. So like the most famous one was like Theo Pinson was wearing a white shirt 
the uh, Golden State Warriors were wearing white and Steph Curry like passed him the ball because he was standing there with his arms up on the sideline. So like obviously an egregious, you know, uh, thing to do, but the NBA has decided to kill the fun for everybody and has decided that they are going to, um, okay. They're going to eliminate prolonged standing of bench players. They can only stand up when they're doing it spontaneously, which all kinds of problems there. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, who judges that? Exactly. Um, they can't stand on the court. Okay. I can understand that. Like if you step out on the court. Yeah. So now they're going to like, I guess, again, the rules always been in place, but it hasn't really been enforced. And so now they're going to get like a warning and then they're going to get like a second awarding, but then if they continue to do it, they're actually going to get a technical and a shot. And so that's like supposed to be the thing that like really, um, disturbs, you know, could, could impact the, the game. I mean, I I don't know what to say. I have a question about this. So. One, Theo Pinson is clearly a fun sponge here. He's ruining everyone's good time. Two, why is this not just a rule about wearing the right colors on the sidelines? Because the big thing with him is that he was wearing white when his team was in blue and the other team was in white. So Steph sees him out of this periphery because he's not he, he can't like look hard. He's trying to make a pass. He's not trying to like telegraph his pass to the to the court. He sees the white shirt with the arms up. He passes. If that guy's wearing blue, he doesn't make that pass. Probably. I mean, I guess I don't know for sure, but like probably not. So like, why is this not about wearing the right colors on the bench instead of standing on the sidelines when you're out of bounds? That's such an excellent point. I hadn't even thought about it that way. Like, yeah, they had to go all like they had to go to a hundred on something where they could have just been like, Hey, cause I, I know at least one time at summer league, the blazers passed it to themselves because somebody was standing. So, you know, it could, could go both ways. I, I can see, you know, I can see that it, it could be a problem going both ways, but that's, yeah, that's so obvious. Like the other team is wearing this color tonight. Don't wear this color. And like in one of the games, there's like, I'll, I'll share it in the the notes. There's a USA Today uh, for the win uh, column all about this thing. And it has a tweet that has like the ref actually going up to Theo Pinson and asking him to change his shirt, which he wouldn't do. Um, so thanks a lot, Theo, for um, really putting, um, you know, I don't know. Does, does this affect Bench Celebrator Man of the Year Award? Because, I mean, they can still spontaneously stand up and celebrate. So I think that we'll still see bench celebrations. I think that they might get more creative because of this. Oh. Because they got to get it off quick, right? They can't just do that thing where they like melt onto the floor and give each other CPR or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's got to be quick and spontaneous and it's got to be over. And it makes me wonder actually if the players are going to be more innovative because of this. Like you might see some really like some guys who like practice. I mean, they they probably do practice some of these things, practice quick, spontaneous celebrations that are very interesting. Uh I don't know. Maybe it won't breed that kind of creativity from the guys. I kind of hope it does. Um, But it makes me think about how, you know, how like they they keep on implementing rules. And I don't know if it's still true anymore, but it was like 10 years ago. They kept on implementing rules in the NFL about like touchdown celebrations. Uh Like, maybe it'll be like that. 
because guys definitely practice their touchdown celebrations too Mm -hmm. and maybe they'll find ways that fit within the rule to make something very fun and creative and memorable Mm -hmm. i don't know it might be worth keeping just to see who does it and you know can innovate within this new like it's not even a new rule it's just like a new it's like a new um application of the rule i guess yeah selfishly i had a really hard time keeping track because i would get distracted and forget to look at the bench and then like when you go back to watch the highlights very very occasionally they might show the bench celebration but that's also like a really hard one to track in terms of like who's leading what because it's just like you only catch it like maybe if you're in the arena watching or if it like happens to be caught in in the replay so i found it kind of a hard one it doesn't mean like i'm not up for the challenge um but i I found that hard about that one so here's a good question you're a season ticket holder now which congratulations that's very exciting so excited do you have a good view of the bench I do. I mean, I'm up in the 300, so I'm far away. So if I brought my, if I remember to bring my binoculars, that means I have to, I have a really bad memory for things like that. So I have to remember to bring my binoculars and then I have to remember to watch the bench. But you're like facing the bench. You're not like behind yes. the bench. Yeah. 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 I'm across from the visitor bench. Okay. But I can definitely see the, um, the blazer but bench, it, but it's very far away that if you're mm-hmm. across from the, the visitor bench, mm-hmm. well, yeah. I feel like this is something that like the podcast will rely heavily on you to be the eyes of the bench celebration. And if you think it's something that you can't like keep track of throughout the year, mm-hmm. we know that we're not always going to see that stuff on TV. Yeah. And this is actually something that like Jamie Hudson and Brooke Olsendam, we asked them about um, because they're in there in the arena and we, they might have some good insight on that. So I think, I think it's, it's worth, uh, worth keeping. Um, Moving along, the final one that we awarded last year was most improved fits. So what were your thoughts and learnings on most improved fits last season? Well, I love paying attention to fashion just in general. I think that's great. I think it's also like a cool kind of side quest of um, of, of NBA fandom, like caring about fashion. Because, you know, like a lot of players are very interesting like sartorial figures, if you, if you will, like they like to go to fashion week and some of them walk the runway and that's really exciting. Um, so I like keeping a fashion award. I have some feelings though about most improved because there's a lot of new guys. There's guys that we don't know that well. I also just don't like personally, especially when we're starting with like this team that's supposedly like a, a, a refresh. I don't like comparing last year's team to this year's team because it's not the same team. Um, even if it's got some of the same players, some of the same parts, it's not going to be, the culture is not going to be the same. And so I do like the idea of keeping a fashion award, but I kind of hope that it could be something that like stands on its own. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? My thoughts run along this, a similar line because it was really hard to figure out who actually improved. Like it was just straight up hard to figure out because, you know, fashion is so subjective, I think, I don't know. And so it was like hard to, it was really hard to figure it out. I like, didn't even really know where to begin. And so I kind of was in the same with you thinking like, just like most fashionable award, but then we have Jeremy Grant and doesn't he just like walk away with it? Yeah, that's a fair, that's a fair assessment. He's like incredibly fashionable. 
and and like impossibly good looking in high fashion <laughs> yeah yeah like i don't know how anyone can compete with that that's a good point have you noticed how good he is at wide leg pants oh yeah. my god he is like a master of wide leg pants and i am like i wish i could like achieve that i'm gonna just like watch everything he's he's really really amazing i feel like you have to have really long legs to pull off wide leg pants which is not my gift and so yeah, i've just kind of accepted that i i can't wear wide leg pants it yeah. just makes me look like a short little stumpy <laughs> thing yeah i don't have long legs either but boy does he know how to master it and like you were saying like he's already walked in fashion week and he you know he's like attend he attends both paris and new york and he's just so far ahead of the game but also are we doing the other players a disservice just assuming that jeremy would walk away with it you know what keon's interested in fashion <laughs> damien true. has always been a fashion leader yeah dame 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 feels like he walks in fire in fashion sometimes you're like oh my gosh that's amazing sometimes you're like what who dreamed that up yeah um i I, I can see that. Well, what if we, could we pick out something that has to do with fashion, but isn't like all of fashion, like best kicks or best accessories or something like that. Accessorizer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the thing about accessories is like, everybody talked about that Nerk fest. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you consider that an accessory, but I don't consider that clothing. <laughs> so if it's not clothing and they're wearing it, doesn't that make it an accessory? I like it. Accessorizer of the year. Mm -hmm. And it could be hats. It could be bags because guys are getting into bags now, which I think is awesome. Could be jewelry. Like mm -hmm. there's a lot of ways that you can like read this award and a lot of really fun details of fashion that some people really enjoy. I love it. I love it. Let's let's I, I'm going to call it right now. Let's let's change most improved fits to accessorizer of the year. I'm here for it. I'm very excited to watch this award now. Yeah. Closely. Yeah. No, I, I'm pumped now. That's great. That because that, you know, Jeremy could still win. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Nurk's necklace with his grandma in it is so awesome. And he wears that always like just at the right time. He really knows how to like tug at the heartstrings and you know, dig deep for inspiration with that beautiful um necklace. Do we so, yeah. do we can do we consider shoes accessories? I think so pros and cons what do you think i like it just because i think that there's a very interesting shoe game also that happens and i like the idea that somebody could just kill in the shoe mm -hmm. category and still be up for this award so i'm here for it okay accessorizer of the year can include shoes all right well so those are the those are the awards that we did last year do you have any ideas on uh something that we left out that we should add because we kind of talked about maybe not doing most valuable pet mm. I have two ideas. Okay. I don't know if any of them are good. So I'll let you like, I'll let you ruminate on them both. I had a, a the idea for like best duo. Mm. And that doesn't necessarily mean like on the court, although it could mean on the court, but like, you know, how sometimes guys develop really great chemistry, like, and you get to see it a lot on social, you get to see it a lot in games. And I just like the idea of like celebrating that like relationship, whether it's on the court or off the court. Like Robin Lopez and Nick Batum. 
I loved their relationship. I always wanted them to have a reality show where the two of them lived in a loft at like the top of one, like in a penthouse of one of the South waterfront apartments and just like followed their lives. I always thought that would be so fun. Okay. So best duo. Is it just two? Cause like, what if there's a, a, three guys who are always hanging out together i mean i think it could be extended to a trio if mm-hmm. that's what happens i i feel like the winner of this award is not necessarily going to be in competition it's just going to be like a natural yeah discovering of who it is like and if it's a trio it'll be very clear that it's a trio what if we called it best friendship okay yeah i'm here for it just an idea just an yeah. idea throwing it out there okay um, okay, so that's one idea I like. I like. What's your other idea? The other idea I had was based on the way I saw um, Nasir Little kind of embrace his 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 rookies, and I like the idea on the team that's kind of young and doesn't have an identity yet of having like um like an like most valuable mentor. Oh, an MVM. Yeah, someone who contributes to like the like the growth of other players on a young kind of amorphous team at this point because I it could be Dame, but I don't think it necessarily will be Dame. I think it it might come from the middle somewhere. Somebody who is some experience but not a ton of experience. Someone who's been with the team not necessarily since like Dame has been since forever. Like I think there's a lot of opportunity for players to show up and surprise us, and I think it's good to like celebrate those guys because they might not always be the guys playing the most minutes, you know. Yeah, no, I like it. I mean, I, I think about like when everybody was shut down last year, but Nurk standing up and clearly like providing advice to the two guys who were playing center, you know, um, most yeah, valuable I mentor. I love that. I love seeing Nurk actually like get engaged with like with those younger guys who might look to him for for like um, for tips. Because mm-hmm. you know, like last year, the guys playing center were like so fresh. Mm hmm. And it was obviously a season where we were not trying to compete, but he was still like interested in helping them. And I thought that was great. Yeah. I love that. I love watching and seeing how um, the young players develop playing alongside the, the more veteran players. I actually like tweeted about it today, wondering like who would be the best person alongside Shaden Sharp, because remember when Zach Collins and Ed Davis played almost all of their minutes together how much better Zach Collins got because he was like in there learning alongside Ed Davis. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I love this idea for an award. MVM, most valuable mentor. It also feels very in line with what this podcast is about. Yes. I think though, I think the, the caveat to that and best friendship is just going to be like keeping track of the difference between a mentorship and a friendship, like, you know, some, you know, cause I think it'll be pretty easy because like best friendship are like guys going out and doing stuff together and like clearly like clicking on and off the court and like maybe like going at each other on social media or whatever. Whereas the MVM is like clearly like game re- more specifically like game and NBA player, like NBA lifestyle sort of like relate related to related. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's like, yes, that I agree that those are, that those are very different things and we just have to make sure to keep them separate which mm-hmm. is why i kind of presented them both together could you maybe you want one and not the other i don't know but i like them i like both of the ideas in my head yeah yeah i i really like both of the ideas i have one idea that i'll throw out there and then we can kind of like summarize and figure out which ones we want to go forward with my idea is social media player of the year um you know what 
we just spend so much time on social media and it's so much fun when somebody clearly engages with the fans. Maybe Josh Hart is already going to run away with it. I don't know. He is really fun on Twitter anyway, but then there's like the whole Instagram and then there's TikTok. Like Jabari is like already doing like fun stuff on TikTok. So I think it would be really fun. I think, I think that's I also think this is a really great award, especially because that's how we know the players most like, as individuals obviously you see like team content and stuff like that but like that's how we get to know their personalities outside of basketball that's how we you know get to know them as as fans of them specifically not just necessarily of the team yeah i love it okay so to recap the ones that we i think know we want to move forward is bench celebrator man of the year despite the pinson's you know trying to break us on that one um and then instead of most improved fits we're gonna go with accessorizer of the year so bench celebrator i know i'm like you know not doing good grammar but i that's half the fun of it <laughs> bench celebrator no one's gonna wonder what podcast that's an award for bench <laughs> celebrator man of the year accessorizer of the year i was trying to like model the first time i did this i was trying to model on them on the actual nba awards um so like six man of the year, that's where I got the bench celebrator man of the year, but now I'm kind of just leaving all of the side. Okay. Bench celebrator man of the year, accessorizer of the year or something like that. Um, let's see. I like all three of our new suggestions. Um, so best friendship, most valuable mentor, social media player of the year. And I kind of want to keep assistant coach of the year and give us one more year of that. I, I think that's a good idea. I think that is a, that is a defensible position. Um, especially considering um, we just don't have that many opportunities to celebrate coaching. Mm -hmm. And I would like, I would desperately like a reason to celebrate coaching on this team. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wouldn't it be great if it turns out we have this great coaching staff and we'll find out a lot more, hopefully this year about that. That's right. So that brings us to six awards, which might be a lot. So I think we can always pivot in the middle of the year. We saw the Blazers pivot in the middle of the last year. If the what podcast decides to pivot in the middle of the year this year, I think that is entirely okay. Like we're beholden to nobody on this actually. <laughs> so I think we did it. We did and it. Celebrator, accessorizer, best friends ship most valuable mentor social media player of the year and assistant coach of the year it's going to be fun it is going to be fun and like it gives us lots of ways to like watch the team that isn't necessarily about getting you know hype or like devastated when they win and lose yeah 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 that's exactly what saved <laughs> last season for me <laughs> I will just I, cry if it's as, if it, if the lows are as low as last season. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I like the it was it was a rough preseason, but also it's preseason and like I can't, you know, I can't imagine that, you know, winning the summer league championship is worth nothing, right? It's definitely not worth nothing. <laughs> I mean, I'm mostly joking, but also <laughs> like you know, maybe it just gave Trendon that that little boost of confidence that he needs to take it to the next level. I hope so. I just really hope to see these guys get better over the course of the year. 
because even if they don't make this big leap like people are hoping i would like for the fandom to not be in like devastation spiral at the end of the season i think that's always a hard way to end your season and it's nice to sometimes you know see the good progress that you can build on for next season to feel hopeful about the following season instead of just this whole like thing that we do every summer which is trade so-and-so trade this person blow it up you know fire so-and-so it's like i'm tired of those summers I miss those summers where we just feel like we were close, but we're not quite there. We're close. We're not right there. But like we saw good improvement. And I don't know, like we, we just, we deserve that. Mm-hmm. We deserve that. And I think the young players deserve to be seen. Like for, sure. for so many years, they were just kind of like mysteries to us. And I think I'm hoping, I'm hopeful that this year we actually get a see. like Shaden. I don't know how much playing time he's going to get. But like, if he's the player of the future, I'm willing to like, let him play. (laughs) I mean, what do I know? Right. But I just, I love watching young guys play. And that's partly why that's the other thing that saved last season for me. Like I loved watching young guys play and we never get to do that. And so I think let's, let's work that into the regular season. And I cannot wait until we have a regular season win again. (laughs) It's been so long. It really has been so long we we need to see wins (laughs) yeah yeah and we will we will at some point hopefully it'll be in sacramento on night one um or if it's not there then it'll be in portland on night two rose thank you so much for joining me and going over this with me i think we're in good shape as far as the what awards go now we just gotta make our fancy graphics and start socializing this with the rip city fan base so yeah, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, I don't know if you want to share your Twitter account or where people can find your uh, takes that you've got. Oh, it, I mean, so you can find me at Roselle Harding on Twitter. Although I'm my account's locked right now because um, I'm interviewing for jobs. So, <laughs> but if you're Smart clearly move. a basketball person, like please follow me. I'll, I'm I'm happy to let you follow me. I'm just not trying to lose a job because I said something horrible about the Blazers. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to like start off day one finding out that your boss is a Laker fan and then yeah, they it was a mess. Yeah. <laughs> or what could have been. <laughs> All right, well thank you so much for joining me. Uh, you can find me at TCBB on that tcbbiggs on Twitter and you can find the We Have a Take podcast at We Have a Take. Thank you so much everyone for listening today and go Blazers.